There is a French term or expression, l'esprit d'escalier, which translates to the spirit or wit of the staircase. And it denotes an instant where a retort or remark occurs to a person after the opportunity to make it has passed. Welcome to episode 151 of This Shit Works, a podcast dedicated to all things networking, relationship building, and business development. I'm your host, Julie Brown, speaker, author, and networking coach. And today I am joined by my friend, Nicole Kramer, a sales conversation coach and exactly what to say certified guide. Welcome to This Shit Works, your weekly no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventures, and way more success with your host, Julie Brown. Here we go. We've all been there. We can all look back on conversations we have had, whether they be personal or business conversations, and say, I wish I had said this. I wish I had asked this question. What would our lives, our careers, and our businesses look like if we always knew exactly what to say? If we had the tools to maneuver conversations into the direction that we want? Well, that's what Nicole is here to help us learn how to do. So without further ado, let's welcome her. Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Julie. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I think because this is a networking podcast, we have to first talk about how we know each other and how we met because it's so great and it it just shows everything that I'm trying to teach people. I was in Nashville for a conference last summer. You live in Nashville. We have a mutual friend who has also been a podcast guest, Jody Orgill Brown. And Jody and I had decided to stay an extra day in Nashville and see it because we had never been. And she said, do you mind if my friend Nicole joins us for dinner? And of course, being the person I am, I'm like, of course, of course, have Nicole join us for dinner. So you and I went out to dinner. We'd never met. We went out to dinner. And literally over dinner, I think we just looked at each other and we're like, okay, so we'll just be best friends. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) That's how it happened. Um, And then I was in Nashville at the time of the recording of this podcast. I was in Nashville last month and made sure that you and I saw each other. And when I was in Nashville and you came out and hung with all all, all the girls on the girls trip, which was awesome. Well, you were so, I mean... so inclusive in every way. And like for me to not know any of your friends, I felt like I was just immediately one of you guys. It was amazing. You have incredible friends. You're just such a personable, inviting person. And I really appreciate being able to hang out with you guys. Yeah, it was so fun. It was so fun. It was so fun. Okay. So we're talking about sales conversations, you know, this be knowing exactly what to say, coach. For a little bit of you know background and description, what is a sales conversation coach? It's a great question. So one of the things that I started to notice, so I, I used to be a teacher. And before I ever went into sales, I didn't think I knew how to sell. I didn't think I knew how to do anything. And what I've learned is sales is not about the transaction. It's not transactional at all. It's relational. And so much of the sale is actually happening during all the different conversations as we're nurturing and building relationships with people and getting to know people and that trust that's developed over that time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people are so focused on, I need a sale, I need a sale, I need a sale. They're not focused on what the conversation is actually or can actually do for them. And so often the conversations are where the heavy lifting is done. 
And if you play the game right and you know how to have the right conversations, then the close is the easiest part of the process because you've really been getting those mini you know, buying signals all along in your conversation if you know how to ask the right questions. Yeah. So I think this is fascinating because I, as a solopreneur, I'm negotiating my contracts all the time. You know, whether somebody wants to hire me as a coach or hire me as a keynote speaker or for workshops. And I get some of the things I hear over and over again, and I know the people listening are going to be like, yeah, I hear that too. I hear that too. And you have ways to combat a lot of these sayings or sentences that come up in conversations, sales conversations, especially. I'm going to name a couple of them because I think they're like the hallmarks of what we all hear when we're negotiating a potential transaction. One is I need to think about it. Two is your prices are too high. I get that all the time. Three would be, I need to talk to my partner. I need to talk to my boss. I need to, you know, right, pull, you know, put this up the chain of command. Or I hate this one. I'll get back to you. Yeah. And you have very concrete and, and proven ways of steering conversations with these lines. So like, let's break a couple of these down. Like, what do you say to, because we hear this all the time, no matter what business, I'll think about it. Like, how do you teach people? Well, when you hear this, this is an opportunity to say this. Right. Well, and what's interesting too about the work that I do, there are magic phrases. There are things that are really helpful to say, but it's also not really a game of pairs, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like, here's these 17 phrases. And if you use these at the right time, because listen, Julie, if that was the deal, I would be a billionaire because I'd just sell those phrases and they'd work for everybody every single time, right? At the mm -hmm. end of the day, there's no perfect thing to say that always gives you the exact outcome. Yeah, it's, and, and there's some great phrases and, and we'll review some of them, but it's also more of the approach you have to the conversation. And part of that is knowing that this isn't a race to the finish line, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't a, let's just get to this outcome or I need a client or I'm, I, I mean, listen, that's a whole different conversation. If you're in a, right. in a, in a fix and you're like, I need a client, this might not be the right approach for you to be in the business that you're in, right? right? Because yep. there's now buyers, soon buyers and later buyers. And we don't have control over when somebody buys. What we do have control over is how we show up, how we handle ourselves in conversations. And so part of the approach to the conversation is the most important part. And I would argue it's more important than the phrases themselves. Okay. Because we want to stay curious and we want to ask really good questions. And we want to remember that people do things for their reasons, not yours. Mm. And so when we hear something like, hey, I need some time to think about it. Well, have we actually uncovered, have we stayed curious long enough to uncover why they might need this thing? And has that been a part of the conversation early on? Because a lot of times when we get to that part where somebody says, I need some time to think about it, you could have stayed curious for longer and uncovered mm. context that would help you understand. Maybe they weren't in a position to buy today. Maybe it wasn't an urgent need for them. Maybe they didn't actually have plans to make a decision today. Mm -hmm. But did you find that out earlier on? Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things I like to tell my clients all the time is, well, why don't you ask that at the beginning of the conversation? Hey, if you like what you hear, is this something that you're prepared to make a decision about today? Yeah. And a lot of times we feel like, you know, we're giving all our power away to when somebody says that in a conversation, like I need some more time to think about it. Well, you might've known mm -hmm. way before that, that they weren't even going to make a decision today. Yeah. And you can handle the conversation in a very different way. And so often when we are trying to pressure somebody into something, or we feel that need of like, how do I say something right now that gets them to change their minds? 
they feel that that energy is felt by somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. But when we're kind of like, okay, cool. You know, not that you should say, okay, cool. Somebody <laughs> says I need some time to think about it. But like, if, if in that moment you put the pressure on, they're going to feel that. And then it kind yeah. of creates sales friction. So I would say, find out early on in the conversation when their guard is down, if that's even something that they're prepared to do today, you know, and, and yeah. you can ask them so many different ways. One of my favorite ways to start a conversation is what will make this conversation a success for you? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I know why I'm coming to the conversation. I know the outcome that I want, but am I actually bothering to ask why they are in the conversation? Because the most important thing that anybody can pay us with is their time and attention. Yeah. And if somebody's given us their time and attention in a conversation, it's for a reason. It's not because they woke up that morning and said, well, what am I going to do today? Twiddle my thumbs or sign up for a call with somebody that, you know, I can find out. Right. Right. So I think finding out and doing your work do I know what this person wants? Do I know the outcome that they're looking for? And have I bothered to ask them? Because right. again, people do things for their reasons, not ours. So if we're doing a little bit of digging initially, we can find out. It might be a very different conversation that we're about to have that we're trying to push them in one way and that was not their intention at all. Yeah. I have a question about when somebody says your prices are too high or that doesn't fit my budget. Like, do you suggest people say, well, then I'm not the coach for you or the professional for you or whatever? Or do you think that that there's a conversation to see, okay, well, what is the budget? What can you afford? And can I tailor my my services to that? Like, what's your thought around that? Yeah, I would say, first of all, before you're going to propose something to somebody, make sure it's what you know that they want, what you know that they need. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, and I, I myself have done this too, where I've I've stacked a bunch of features and benefits into something that I'm offering and they didn't actually want or or need all those Mm. things. The way I've priced it actually doesn't match what they're looking for. Therefore, it does feel like it's out of their budget because I'm trying to sell them more than what they actually need. So some of that is, am I doing the work to gain the context, to gain the understanding of what they're actually looking for? Mm -hmm. But I don't think there's anything wrong. If somebody's like, hey, this is too expensive. Hey, well, this might not be like what we've discussed might not be the right fit for you. Mm-hmm. What kind of experience were you looking for? Right. right. It's, it's an opera. What it is, is anytime that there's an objection like that, it's an opportunity to keep the conversation going, to ask another question, mm-hmm. to find out some more information. Because even if they're a no right now, maybe it's not going to be a no in a month or two yeah. months. You know, mm-hmm. something could so quickly change mm-hmm. or, or, or not quickly. And that person might still feel like, when the time is right or when my budget is right or when whatever, yeah. I know who I want to hire, right? Yeah, so and you've already actually made the sale. Yeah. It might not be the sale right now. This just happened to me recently. And I think that's why we should talk about also like, no could be no, not right now. I had a firm that wanted to hire me for an interior keynote and they just didn't have the budget last year. And I didn't get offended. I didn't say, are you kidding me? You're a multi-billion dollar firm. You don't have like the money for a solar printer. I didn't get offended. I said, okay, it's not in the budget this year. And I just made a note to myself to, to check back this year to say, hey, I know I didn't fit in your budget last year. Is this something we should talk about for this year's budget or for 2024's budget? And they said, yes. So if I hadn't reached back out to them, if I hadn't one, not been offended, and two, hadn't reached back out to them, I might have missed the opportunity to turn that no into a yes. I mean, the bottom line is the fortunes and the follow-up. Let's just mm-hmm. put that there, right? Yeah. So what you did is perfect because how do you stay in the game? Well, you stay in the game by maintaining the relationship because like you said, you didn't get offended. You weren't like, oh, 
they can't afford. And you didn't run off and make a bunch of excuses about how nobody has the money to pay. You know, it was just like, <laughs> yeah. because that's just a bunch of BS that we tell ourselves, right? Yeah. And I did the same thing recently. I just won a big contract about a month ago because last summer I met with this client. And at the time, it just wasn't the right, it wasn't in their budget, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. And I stayed in touch, stayed in contact, continued to build it and, and asked, you know, like, should we look at this next year? Yeah, let's definitely look at this next year. And so I reached back out in February. She said, I know we really want this. And it was exactly what they were looking for this time. And they had planned for it and it was in their budget. And so yeah. they said, this is what we want to do. We knew last summer we wanted to hire you. Mm-hmm. Now is the right time. Yeah. Right. So I had already made, that's what I mean by like, I had already made the sale last summer. The yeah. transaction didn't happen right away, yep. but that's not what's in my control. What is in my control is how I show up, how I represent myself and how I build that rapport so mm-hmm. that when it is the right time, they remember who they wanted to buy with and what they wanted. Yeah. And I also think it lends very much into this conversation of constantly be prospecting, constantly yes. be making connections and relationships because you're going to need some people who want to buy right now and you're going to need some people who want to buy next year. Yep. No matter what you do for a living. That's exactly it. Like your job is always to be putting yourself in situations, places, areas where your ideal prospects hang out and constantly be inviting new people in your world because you can control that. Mm -hmm. You cannot control when people are ready to buy. And sure, you could create some urgency or create some situations with it that might prompt somebody to, Mm -hmm. to be ready before, you know, but at the end of the day, what is it that's really in our control? And it's exactly what you said. Are you prospecting constantly? Are you putting yourself out there in front of people who could benefit from what you do so that you always have a pool of prospects that at any given point could be ready to say yes. But if you're looking at like three or four people and you're just banking on one of them closing, (laughs) that's a very different game that you're trying to play. And you just used some language that I want to get into. You said meeting people who could benefit from what you do. And I think that's a really good conversation to have. And I know I've heard you say something to the effect of selling is serving. And I think a lot of people get in a mindset around sales that they're pushing something on it. And I don't believe... Like, I have a very good product. My product changes people's lives. And so there are people who will benefit from my knowledge and the way I teach it and working with me. And I think we have to, you know, there's some psychology around, like you said, selling is serving. And how do you teach people to look at what their service is as just that, it as a service that people need? It is beneficial to other people. Well, I think, first of all, it's being clear that it's not beneficial for everybody. Like we've got to get that out of our mind, right? Because we can take it personally. We can take offense to it sometimes when somebody Mm -hmm. doesn't want something. What we sell and what we do is not actually beneficial for every single person on the planet. There's 8 billion Mm -hmm. people on the planet. Not everybody needs it. So your job is to be clear who actually does benefit from what you do. What's the type of person, right? And we don't need to go on a huge tangent with this, but that's a huge piece in understanding how to sell better and how to make more sales is do you know who your ideal client is? Are you in touch with people that can benefit from what mm-hmm. you do? Because you can't help everybody, right? When, you, when you're right. trying to be the jack of all trades, you end up helping nobody. Yeah. So it's being yeah. very clear on who can benefit from it. Because at the end of the day, I'm amazing at what I, just like you, I have a great product. I'm amazing at what I do. And it changes lives. It changes people's businesses. It's not for everybody. I'm not for everybody. Right. Some people aren't going to benefit from working with me as well as they would from somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important first and foremost. And knowing that what you offer and what you do came at a price to you, right? Your experience, your, yeah. I, I like to say, don't let your pain go to waste. 
Mm-hmm. You learned things, whether you got burned to learn it or mm-hmm. you learned it through natural experience. Either way, you gained this experience over time and it wasn't necessarily easy. It's not like you just were like, oh, right. here, I'm going to sell this thing that like, you know, I'm just trying to make money off of. You legit are like, wow, let me help other people so that they don't hit the same speed bumps that I hit on my way back. Right. And again, it's not for everybody. For people who are looking to maybe expedite their results, then hiring somebody to help them with that is a service. It is actually helping them. Right. I mean, I think about when I was writing my book, I know jack all about writing a book, but I wanted to write a book and I thought I could do it by myself. And I tried for a year and a half to do it by myself and got nowhere. And then I hired a book coach. Yep. And bada bing, bada boom, 16 months later, that book was written and published. Yep. And the time that you spent trying to do it on your own. Wasted. Wasted. Right. Mm -hmm. And we live and we learn and and whatever. I don't believe anything's ever actually wasted. But like, if you have an intention and a desire and you're really specific about it and you know what you want, Mm -hmm. and there's somebody that can actually help you get there faster, not that it's necessarily about speed, but like, if you have an amazing thing to do, like your book, like mm-hmm. why delay putting out into this world yeah. by scrolling through and trying to do it on your own? It's not your zone of genius. It's somebody else's. And mm-hmm. so why not hire them and have them lead you through the process? And then you get to spend your time doing what you do well. And then you get to work with somebody who's providing a service to help you do that thing and get your work out into the world in, a, in an easier way. Yeah. One of you have great YouTube videos. They're so well put together. And one of the ones I watched recently that I just loved was uh, titled How to Manipulate the Conversation. And when I looked at it, I was like, oh, that's a bad word. That's a negative word. But then in the course of the video, you actually said the actual definition of manipulate is to handle and control. Now, that doesn't seem bad at all. I'm going to handle and control this conversation. That seems like a good thing. Tell me a little bit about manipulating conversations and how people can learn how to do that? Well, the person in, this is really important. I want everybody to hear this. The person in control of the conversation is the person asking the questions. Mm -hmm. So that is how we manipulate a conversation. We stay curious. We ask questions because you know what, Julie, and I know you know this, everybody loves to talk about themselves Mm -hmm. and they will. And if you ask the right questions and you know how to, here's the thing. Are we asking the questions that give us the answers that we want? Mm -hmm. Or are we asking questions just to ask questions? Because we want to be intentional about it. We want to put some thought into it. And here's a very simple one. It's not necessarily what we're talking about right now, but let me just give you the difference between these two questions. If I just met you and I want to call you, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to ask you, hey, can I give you a call? Mm -hmm. I don't want the answer to that question. I don't want to hear yes or no. Mm -hmm. I've already decided I'm going to call you. So the question I'm going to ask is, hey, Julie, what's the best number to call you? Mm -hmm. Very different question, very different outcome. And subconsciously, what your subconscious wants to do when you answer that question is, we all want to answer a question with the right information, right? So when you ask somebody, hey, what's the best number to reach you? They'll say, oh, it's da-da-da-da-da. And they'll just tell you the number. So when we get intentional about the questions that we're asking and make sure we're asking questions that give us the context, the information that we want, then we're having a very different conversation and we are controlling the conversation. So Mm -hmm. to your point, right, manipulation sounds like a bad word. I do have a quick, funny story about that. I actually went to chat GPT to look up the definition of manipulation and to ask it a couple of questions about it when I was preparing, right? Because we write our scripts, we get everything ready for the YouTube videos ahead of time. Yeah. 
And when I was writing some things down, ChatGPT was like, we will not help you manipulate sales conversations because that is unethical. Like I got shut down by (laughs) ChatGPT. Wow. It is known as a bad word, right? Manipulation is as as it's got a negative context. But technically by definition, it's really just, am I curating the conversation Mm -hmm. and controlling it in a way that's beneficial for both parties? Not because I'm trying to force somebody to do something that they don't want to do, but am I controlling by guiding the conversation in a way that benefits both of us? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, the person in control of the conversation is the person asking the questions. And you'll gain so much understanding and so Mm -hmm. much context by asking questions that they don't even know that they're like, long story short, I had a guy once a contact of mine that when I was still at my corporate job, he said very early on, I don't sign contracts. Mm-hmm. And th- that was a done deal for me. If if he couldn't sign a contract, then I had no chance of getting my company to say yes to that business. Right. right. And it was a really big opportunity. And so I was like, okay, how can I stay in the conversation? So I asked him to tell me a story, not mm-hmm. all in one conversation, but through getting to know him, I asked him to, to tell me a story once and he starts telling the story And in his story, he said, oh yeah, we almost lost that event. It almost went haywire, but luckily I called the vendor that was ruining it all. And I told him per our contract, he needed to do this, that, and the other. And I heard what I needed to hear because I was Mm -hmm. just asking him questions and asked him to tell me a story. And he gets to the end and I said, so you do sign contracts. And he goes, that's what you heard from that story. Mm-hmm. I said, it's one of many things that I heard. I heard you yes. put on a great event. I heard that you saved the day. And I also heard that there are some times where you've signed contracts. He goes, yeah. good. Yeah. And so I heard what I needed to hear, but I wouldn't have heard that if I just bought him at his first, like, I don't sign yeah. contracts. So when we're asking questions, we really are gaining context. And oh, they, yeah. like talking. they like yeah. sharing and their guard is down. So you'll hear yeah. things that are in service to them making the decision that they want to make. Yeah, I just had a, sales call today, whatever you want, like introductory call with a large group today. And I'm, the first thing I asked was, okay, well, tell me about your group. And how was it formed? And because it's an internal resource group, how was it formed? What is the purpose of this group? Who does it serve? Like in her response, I got every single answer I needed to direct that conversation yep. into why I would be a great speaker for their resource group. And that's exactly it. That's exactly what I mean by manipulating the conversation. Are you, first of all, asking the right questions? And then the second thing is, because a lot of people just ask a question and then they listen only to respond. Yeah. Not actually active listening. And I would argue that's probably the most important part of the conversation is the listening part. We all try to like sell things and talk things. And how do I sell my value? Yeah. And you listen, that's how you do it because you'll hear exactly what you need to hear. Yeah. In the conversation, if you ask the questions and then that's really, you, you don't have to sell somebody on something they're selling themselves. Yeah. You ask the questions in the right way. Yeah. Do you teach people how to active listen? Cause it's a hard skill. It's a hard skill. I don't think it's an innate skill. I think it, you definitely have to work on it. There's two things that I would say are really soft skills that are probably arguably the most important. One is active listening. The other is curiosity. Mm. It's very hard to stay curious when you're a little kid. I mean, hang around a three-year-old for any length of time and you'll understand very quickly what curiosity is. Yeah, We become adults and we become know-it-alls and advice monsters and certain of things. And like, I, you know, a lot of times when I'm talking to clients, they're like, but I know he needs me. I know he needs this, right? We come in so certain that we can help people. And listen, confidence is one thing, but certainty and in that context, it can come across as arrogance mm-hmm. and it yeah. actually 
severs the trust that can be built because what you're actually saying is my agenda is more important here. And that's what I'm trying to get to versus how do I stay curious and ask questions and not try to race to the finish line and actually make it about what that person says and wants. And when you take that time to listen, that's where the trust is built. That's where they Mm -hmm. feel cared about. And curiosity is your superpower to show somebody that you care. And before somebody's ready to pay you money and and make a decision to work with you, they need to feel cared about. They want to feel seen and heard. And if you're not staying curious and listening, they're not going to feel that way. Yeah. And I don't know if you use a database, but like everything I learned about somebody goes in my database. So even if, even if they're not a potential client, I mean, they're important people in my network. They are, can make strategic introductions for me and whatnot. Like I, if you ask the right questions, you can learn so much about somebody that gives you ample reasons to follow up with them. Yes. I would say like in your database, you probably have similar, I bet you're a lot like me mm-hmm. and you have things like somebody's dog's name. Yes. Yep. Right. And and you might initially think, wait, why is that important? I just need to know the company that they work for and their contact information and when their contract yeah. expires. And No, I, I would argue that knowing their kids' names, their dog's names, that just takes it to a different level because there's mm-hmm. a true connection there. Yep. Right. And, and I'm not saying you need to know everything about everybody, but that stuff is really important because it that makes it not just about the transaction and the business. It's like yeah. people buy from people and they yep. buy from people that they know, like, and trust. And when you remember things like somebody's dog's name, that goes a yeah. long way. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, it's funny. And it's sad when my dog passed away, everybody knew it because I don't have kids. So my dog is, I still have one dog. But the, I got letters written to me. People sent me gifts. And then I'm part of this thing at Christmas time where we send dog presents to all of our friends' dogs and like people in that are like, I haven't talked to them in years, but they still send Maddie a present. You know, it's so funny. I mean, yeah. so many ways to connect with somebody. But like you said, you have to ask the right questions. If you want to get to know somebody, are there certain questions you always ask? I like to ask about them Mm -hmm. and just let them talk. And to me, it's like that leads to the next question that because what I'm doing is I'm active listening and I'm staying curious. So it's like if I approach the conversation with that intention to truly get to know them better, then I'm not going to know all the things right off the bat that I want to ask. It's based on context, right? Mm -hmm. So getting to know somebody and understanding them a little bit better is my first question is, just, you know, Hey, what brought you here tonight? Like, and, mm-hmm. and this is probably something that you teach, right? Cause you're, mm-hmm. you do all the networking, but it's like understanding that somebody is in that conversation with you for a reason, ask a question about that. Like what brought you to this conversation or what brought mm-hmm. you here tonight or, and then let that go into what it's going to go into and ask. Yeah. questions. And there's also a level of, you said, be prepared for the conversation. I was prepared for this call today where I'd gone to this woman's LinkedIn profile and noticed that she had done a study abroad in Cork, Ireland. And that's where my great-grandmother Julie is from. And she came over for on the boat from Cork. And so at the end, I didn't say it. At the, I let her, at the very end, we we're just about to, I was like, I'll get you that package tomorrow. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. I saw on your LinkedIn profile that you studied abroad in Cork. Are you, is your family from Cork? And she was like, oh no, we're actually from a little bit north. of, And like, then we got into this whole big thing about both being Irish and everything. And it was just a way for us to have another level of connection that has nothing to do with business, but it, it gets that familiarity, that commonality, that no like and trust. 
And so there is a little bit in this, what too, is like, be prepared to ask some questions that are very, 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 very interesting. If it's on LinkedIn and you know you're meeting with that person, look them up. It's obvious. Like I had a meeting this morning with a potential client and I noticed that our meeting was at nine o'clock and I noticed at 8.30, he was looking at my profile because you can go and see your profile views. And it was like, he yeah. I won't say his name, but he was looking at my profile. I was like, oh, he is doing the research on me, which is exactly what I want. I want him yep. to be prepared for that meeting. And so he brought up things that he had learned from my LinkedIn profile and we had the best conversation. It was easy because we both knew things about each other that we could be like, oh, you have dogs or I have dogs. Like, oh, you know, like, and it just makes conversations easier to have. It does. And I would say going into that conversation, knowing that you knew he had already done his research, that he had already seen your profile, it probably Mm -hmm. felt even better to you to go into that conversation because what that says is he cared enough. Mm -hmm to show up differently for that conversation, to show up prepared. And that's a big deal. And that's what I like to remind my clients too, right? Like the worst time to think about what you're going to say is the moment you're saying it. And if you're doing your work ahead of time, right? Yeah. I mean, it's true. It's like how many of us go willy-nilly into a conversation or have gone willy-nilly into a conversation? And then we're like, gosh, darn it. I could have done this better. I could have said that better. If I'd looked up, you know, where he worked recently, I might've seen that we had, we'd worked in the same place. You know, our grandmothers were from Cork, Ireland. But ultimately... To me, it's always going to be more important how you make somebody feel, right? Yeah. Like, and exactly what to say and, and conversation coach. And although I teach exactly what to say, I would argue it's always more important how you make somebody feel. Yeah. And that's what they'll remember. And so when you show up to a conversation, like a lot of times, and I, I tell my clients this, I'm like, show up with a script, show up with some notes. And they're like, mm-hmm. but I can't read from the script. I'm like, yeah, you can. And you say to the person, hey, in preparation for our call today, I did some research. I wanted to yep. make sure that I looked up some things about mm-hmm. you and have some questions that I want to ask you to get to know you better. And you may see me referring to my notes during the conversation because I want to make sure that I help you feel seen and heard and that we get all the information discussed that needs to be discussed. It's right. like, well, you cared enough to prepare for this. You cared yeah. enough to take notes. Somebody feels that. And that's mm-hmm. a different conversation than just let me hope totally. that it goes well. I was just interviewed today for a podcast and he's the guy asked me, he goes, what's your number one business networking advice? And I said, the preparation in advance, know that person as well as possible before you even get to the coffee shop with them or the lunch with them or the Zoom meeting with them. And I think that's something yep. that's grossly overlooked. People don't think about it. They think they can yeah. just wing networking and it's not something to be winged sales calls aren't either, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I would argue those are sales. Like you asked me earlier, what is a sales conversation? Sure. The actual call itself Mm -hmm. where the transaction may happen, that is probably the most common sales conversation that people think of, but your conversations in the networking that you're teaching people how to do, those are all sales conversations. Because, Like I met somebody in a network event about two months ago and I did what I normally do. I was just asking her a bunch of questions. And after about an hour, she goes, how did you do that? I said, do what? She goes, I don't think I know anything about you. And I've told you things, but I don't think I've told anybody else. How did you do yeah. that? And I yeah. said, well, that's the work I do. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just, I like to live it and embody it. And she goes, okay, what do you do? I need to know more about that. And then yeah. we exchanged numbers because there was an opportunity there. Cause you know, questions create conversations, yeah. conversations, create relationships that leads to opportunities. So we exchanged numbers and I told her I would call her a week, you know, later. I said, you know, let's touch base next Tuesday. So I called her and she picked up the phone. She goes, I got to tell you, 
I have thought about you nonstop oh. since last week. I could not wait to call you. I've talked to my boyfriend about you. Mm-hmm. I talked to my friend at work about you. I just couldn't wait. Mm-hmm. And that to me is a testament to like how you make somebody feel yeah. when you're asking them questions and you're letting them talk. Yep. It has such an impact on that relationship continuing. And that's where those opportunities come from. Yep. And I do talk about that a lot with networking. Are you the kind of person where when your name shows up on their cell phone, they go, oh, or, oh my God, I can't wait to answer this phone call. Like, I love that when I call somebody, they're like, oh my God. Like when they answer it like that, like, where have you been? (laughs) Yep. Yep. That's exactly it. And and it's like, this goes back to what we said earlier. If you're in a rush, you know, because some people are like, I don't have time to have conversations that last that long. Then then you're being salesy and you're making it about you. You actually Mm -hmm. aren't using selling as a service, right? You're not actually trying to serve people and help people. You're kind of based on your own agenda. And to me, it's like, that's why we need to constantly be meeting new people, bringing them into our world, because it could take a day. It could take a year. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But that's not up to you. You know, like yep. some of my biggest accounts that I ever won when I was at my corporate company, it took years, Yeah, years. And I had to know how to stay in the conversation, yep. not because each conversation was necessarily going to give me the outcome, but I think that's also important, like in, in preparing for a conversation, you know, we're talking about how important it is. Are you also setting an intention for the outcome? Mm -hmm. And are you setting a couple of levels of success for that conversation? Because if you just one outcome, then that's like a win or lose. Yeah. If you have a couple of levels, like, hey, maybe I get the opportunity to follow up with that person a month later. That's one outcome. Maybe I get the outcome to do a free demo for them. That's another outcome. Like, what are your levels of success? And are you setting intentions for that ahead of time? That's just as important as preparing, you know, knowing some things about the person, doing some research and preparing some good questions. Are you also setting intentions for the outcome of the conversation? Yeah, that's so important. Unfortunately, Nicole, we have run out of time, which of course has happened very fast because of who you are. (laughs) We can keep going and going. How long, like, how did this 40 minutes go by already? If people want to learn more about you and your services and watch your videos and listen to your podcast, because you also have a podcast, where's the best place to find you? Yeah, there's a couple different places that are going to be really great for them to get some value and experience a little bit more of what I do. Definitely my YouTube channel, since you had brought that up. Mm-hmm. And it's just the Nicole Kramer on YouTube. My podcast is called Healthy Steps with Nicole. And then you can find me on Instagram at the Nicole Kramer. And on LinkedIn at Nicole Kramer. Perfect. Okay. Nicole, thank you so much. Thank you. And the listeners and don't also, know, but Nicole and I are going to be together months. next week. I'm back in Nashville and we're getting together again next week. I can't listeners wait. don't need to know that, but I'm, I'm telling excited. them anyways. <laughs> yeah, I love it. We'll probably be all over social media. So definitely go to our social media and check it out. Yeah. We'll be posting you things. You can see the Julie um, Nicole love fest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I do have a couple of things if somebody wants, you know, like to know exactly what to say and they want some of the phrases, reach out to me on Instagram, send me a DM and I've got some free resources that I'll send your way that will really Perfect. help you in your sales. Okay. Well, I can put links to all of that in the show notes. So everything you mentioned, I can put links to that in the show notes. All right. Awesome. Cool. Thanks so much. Thank you. A few days after Nicole and I recorded this podcast, we were able to get together for lunch while I was in Nashville for a speaking engagement. And let me just tell you, this girl has stories, stories for days. She can talk her way into any room, any situation, any ongoing conversation. 
she's just amazing. If you've ever heard me speak, you know that I talk about relationships in terms of radishes and tomatoes. Some take longer than others to grow. Well, my friendship with Nicole was of the supersonic radish kind, but I'm willing to bet it's like that when most people meet her because she does actually know exactly what to say all the time. Take a moment to check out her website and her videos. They are super helpful. Honestly, not just in sales conversations, but any conversation that you find yourself in. Okay, on to the drink of the week, which because Nicole is a mocktail enthusiast, I have picked a super fun mocktail called the Salted Meyer Lemon and Sage Presse. Here's what you're going to need. A quarter cup of fresh sage leaves, a half a cup of simple syrup, a half a teaspoon of kosher salt, one 12 ounce can of club soda, and two quartered Meyer or regular lemons. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to muddle the lemons, the sage leaves, the simple syrup, and salt in the bottom of a pitcher. Just before serving, add the club soda and stir to combine, and then divide that among four rocks glasses filled with ice, or however many rocks glasses you have filled with ice. All right, friends, that's all for this week. If you like what you heard today, please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. Also, please remember to share the podcast to help it reach a larger audience. If you want more Julie Brown, you can find my book, This Shit Works, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, or you can find me on LinkedIn at Julie Brown. BD, just let me know where you found me when you reach out. I am Julie Brown underscore BD on the Instagram, or you can just pop on over to my website, juliebrownbd.com. Until next week, cheers, guys. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a tip. And remember, you can unapologetically be who you authentically are and still be wildly successful. That's a fact. See you next week on This Shit Works. <laughs>